What is the mindset of the world today? Seems like in the world today, the, the world has this mindset all about me, all about what I want. If you scan through the, the, through the radio station, you may have come across the song called I Want to Talk About Me. This is the mindset of the world. It's all about me, all about what I want. This has been the mindset of the world throughout all the ages. We can, we can read about it in Genesis chapter 6. That was the, what the world wanted in that day. But sadly, this can creep into the mind of the Christians in the church today. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, Paul writes to the church in Philippi about this very thing. And this is an important lesson for that church in Philippi to understand in that day, and it is important for us to understand as Christians today. And there was a reason that Paul wanted to write to the Philippian brethren in, that, in, in Philippi, and the same reason God has preserved for us today. It's for our learning. Look there in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Let us read there together. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Paul here is saying, let nothing be done with selfish ambition. But what is selfish ambition? Well, selfishness is not uncommon in the world today. And we see it go on in, in the world and even in people we know day to day. It is, again, that all about me, what I want, and what can I do to get it mindset. If you were to look it up on... Uh, if you were to look up the idea of ambition on the internet, you would probably come up with different things, but an eager or strong desire to achieve something. Now, ambition is not wrong in and of itself. We can, we can have ambition to maybe be better at our job, be better at being a role model in our family, or maybe even sports or in school. And this is not wrong. But if we do something to elevate ourselves or to promote ourselves out of selfishness for us and all about us, this is what, is self, what selfish ambition is. But some may say that they don't do this to people in the church or to people that they know. Well, this, would, this might be true to some extent, but can we hide it forever? In Mark chapter 7, if you will turn over to Mark chapter 7, Jesus is talking about what comes from the heart. And look here in Mark chapter 7, verse 20. And he said, this is Jesus. What comes out of a man... That defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. The attitude of selfishness and, the, and putting others down to get what you want will eventually come out, whether, no matter how long you try to hide it. You will eventually demonstrate this attitude toward your brethren if we are not careful in the church. It cannot hide forever. And also this would be incorrect because Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12, what we call the golden rule, do, others, do unto others as you would have them to do. If you treated people in the world, would they treat you this way? Would they treat you in the same way or would they treat you better than what you deserve? Now if, now if in the world, it's treat everyone how, how I want to be treated. And this is, this, this is the mindset here. We cannot treat anybody with a selfish attitude in the church or in the world. Because if we did, would this be showing Christ in our lives? As Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, would this be showing the light of the world? Would people see Christ in us 
Or would they see somebody who's focused on the world and focused on themselves? And this is what Paul is really getting at. Do people, what do people see? Do people see you being selfish? Or do they see you being humble? And this, this goes on throughout the world, whether we realize it or not. It is very easy to see. Sometimes we can see it in politics even, and even in our businesses, and maybe even in close friends. People just want what they want, and they, can, and they will do whatever they want to get it. But a biblical example of this is found in 3 in, in third John. If you'll turn over there, 3 John. 3 John and verse 9. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. John here is writing to a congregation, but this man, Diotrephes, was acting out of selfish ambition. He loved the preeminence in the church. He wanted to be seen. He wanted to make the decisions. And he hindered the word of God, the messages being written to them, to the church there, by the writers. And this is selfish ambition. He acted in a way so that he made the decisions in the church. This is a biblical of, of selfish example of selfish ambition. And brethren, we need to be careful that we do not do the same thing. As Christians, we cannot let this attitude creep in as Paul was writing to the church in Philippi about this mindset. The second thing that Paul wrote there in Philippians chapter 2. If you'll turn back over there. Philippians chapter 2. Look there again in verse 3. But in, lowliness, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. The idea of esteeming is the idea to have a high respect or a favorable opinion of someone. This would be the opposite of selfish ambition. We probably don't use the word esteem very often. Very, very, very many times in our everyday use, but is that I that the idea of having a high respect or holding someone in a high opinion or to honor someone? This is an act that Christians need to do and to work on. We need to look at others. We need to think better of them than we do ourselves. But some may think that I need to be esteemed. But this would be selfish ambition, and that would not be acting as a Christian should. In James chapter 4 and verse 10, only those who are humble will be esteemed. As, that is a very common verse that we, that we think of, and we even have a song that we sometimes sing. Humble yourselves inside the Lord, he will lift you up. But this is, that is not the attitude that a Christian needs to have of the idea of thinking that they need to be esteemed. We need to be the humble servants for Jesus Christ. But there is a biblical example of somebody humbling themselves and being esteemed. Look there. Philippians chapter 2. Look there in verse 5. What better example to go to than Christ Jesus himself? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, and, that, every, and that, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. We notice there in verse 8 
and he humbled himself. Christ showed this humbleness that was supposed to be shown. This is God himself humbling himself. He was humble, but verse 9, after he died, because he was humble, because he carried it out, what did God do? God esteemed him. He, verses 10 through 11, showed that he is higher than anything else. Jesus is certainly the best example that we need to have. Verse 5, we need to have the same mind. This is the beautiful connection made by Paul. When we esteem others, we have the mind of Christ. And as Hebrews 10, verse 24, we consider one another, we stir up love and good works. This is what happens whenever we esteem others. We are to do this because God commanded it. If God commands it, there is a reason. And the reason is Christ will be seen in our lives, not only to each other, but to the world that we live in. And if we think about it, Jesus, another example of Jesus is found in John chapter 13, verses 3 through 17. What did he do? He washed the disciples' feet. He was the king of the world, the king of everything. And he humbled himself to serve his disciples. As 1 Corinthians chapter 11 states clearly, as Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, we ultimately imitate what Christ did for us. But there's another thing in Philippians chapter 2 that Paul says. Look there in verse 4. It says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. What does this mean? This means that we need to help each other out. We need to have each other's back. We have to make sure the needs of our brethren are taken care of by each other. This could be benevolence. This could be hospitality, as even 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 9 speaks about. They're both actions that are commanded and crucial to Christianity as commanded by God. The, in, the idea of interests are the, the needs, the concerns, the wants of the brethren. We need to make sure that we are taking care of each other. But some may say that the interests are just like the hobbies, because we all have interests as if we just like said the, said the word, like maybe your interest is making, making uh, things out of maybe just doing crafts, maybe, maybe restoring cars, I don't know, maybe hunting, I don't know. But, it's, but that's what people would say interests are. But really it's the idea of the needs for the brethren. We need to be interested in the well-being of our brethren. If we want to know of, of a biblical example, we think about Luke chapter 10. Look at Luke chapter 10 with me. There is a great example. Luke chapter 10. Look there in verse 33 through 35. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. This would be the man who was robbed and beaten and left for dead on, on the side of the road. And when he saw him, he had compassion. And so he, went, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave him to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. This is what we call the Good Samaritan. He looked out for his own, he did not look out for his own interests here. He didn't even look out for the interests of his own brethren. He looked out for the interests of all people. And this is what we need to do. We need to not only look out for the interests and the needs and concerns of our brethren, but for others in the world. This will truly show Christ to, to the world. 
if we help each other, if we help the world, if we help and show the love of Christ. This is a mindset that we need to have. But sadly, this may, may fall by the wayside sometimes in our life. Back over in Philippians chapter 2. Look there in Philippians chapter 2. Look there in verse 2. These things here in verses 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Esteem each other's better than your, esteem others better than yourself. Look out not only for your own interests, but the interests of others. Look at verse 2. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. If we have these, it will help the unity of the church. It will help us function as the church. And this is one of the reasons why Paul wrote this message to the Philippian brethren. As the church, we need to not act through selfish ambition. We need to make sure we are esteeming others in a humble way with, our, with the lowliness of mind. And we need to look out for each other's interests and our needs. This is certainly the God-given commandment for the Christians to follow in this day and for us. I, I, I can't help but think of whenever everything's applicable to us in the Bible. There is a song that I have sang at a youth camp. It's called Ancient Words. And, and it's called Ancient Words Long Preserved for Our Walk in This World. And that is so true. God has given us what we need to function as the Christian, as we have just in Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 3 this morning. He has given us what we need to live for life and godliness in our physical world and in the church. This is a powerful message that we need to apply to ourselves, and especially we need to be reminded of this. And I think it's a great thing to think about as we start out the year. As we start out the year, we need to show these things not only to our brethren, but to the world. We need to show these things to show Christ to our brethren, to set the example for the church, but also to show Christ in our lives. Maybe this morning somebody has struggled with this. I have at times. It is common to struggle. But the prayers of the brethren are a great benefit. They will help and, and they will strengthen us. But maybe somebody is not a Christian this morning. If not, you cannot live the lifestyle. This is the lifestyle of the, of the Christian. Christ must be put on in baptism for one to live this Christian life. A person must hear the word of God, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. In Acts chapter 16 and verse 14, what, what opened the heart of Lydia? It was the hearing of the message proclaimed by the apostle Paul. And the hearing of the message causes one to believe. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 37, that is the account of the Ethiopian eunuch saying, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 30, truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. This would be the whole world. God, this is not a suggestion, but a command given by God. One must confess Jesus is the Christ, as found in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. And in Acts chapter 8, verse 37, as we have discussed, Ethiopian eunuch made the single most important statement ever to be uttered with a man's mouth. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then based on that confession and that belief and the knowledge of what to do, one must be baptized as, found as, as is found in Acts chapter 8 and verse 38. But it does not end there, brethren. 
We need to live the faithful life, as is found in Revelations chapter 2, verses 10, verses, verse 10, and also James chapter 1, verse 12, as we discussed this morning. That is how the faithful life can be lived. And these things we have discussed this morning in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, can be accomplished. God wants us to be correct with him. Second Peter chapter two, verse nine, chapter three, verse nine, he is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This morning, if anybody has a need, whether to ask for repent for prayers of the congregation, for strength to repent of sin before God, or to even put Christ on in baptism, what better time than do that this morning? Life is short, as we've discussed in the Bible class this morning here. James 4, verse 14, we are just a vapor that is here for a short time. If there is any need, please act now while we have the time and as we sing the song of invitation.